you do not need to step outside your comfort zone to grow and succeed. So what I do with my clients is we expand your comfort zone. Because let me ask you a question. Why would you want to be doing something you really desire, but feeling fear? You're not going to enjoy the journey, right? You're still going to be like fearful of it. So I really work so closely with my clients, obviously, that we're expanding their comfort zone. So how do we do that? Well, that comes with having a look at the limiting belief that's going on and challenging it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I have another exciting guest episode for you today. Today, I am joined from by a fellow Aussie who's actually all the way in Spain. So I'm so excited to welcome Jane Christine to the podcast, who is the HSP mindset coach and a mindset coach for highly sensitive female entrepreneurs. So welcome, Jane. It's so nice to have you today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I know we are so close, but yet so far away. (laughs) I love that. Well, I would love it if you could sort of like kick off this episode by giving a little bit of insights into yourself and sharing a bit about you with our listeners so they can get to know you as much as I've gotten to know you. Absolutely. Okay. So a little bit about me. So I'm known as the HSP Mindset Coach, not only because I'm a qualified NLP Master Practitioner, so that's neuro-linguistic programming and a mindset coach, but I'm also highly sensitive and we have different needs. There is actually only 20% of the world who are classed as highly sensitive people. And we are unique and so are our minds. And it's because our minds actually function differently. So there has been many studies that have proven this as well. And we really do feel everything, all types of senses, a lot deeper than everybody else. And so specifically for that reason, my programs are created for highly sensitive people so that I can help shift your mindset while also still honoring the highly sensitive nature. Because... There has been many, many times where I've worked with other coaches or I've worked with people who aren't highly sensitive and it's just that level of understanding. It just isn't there. So I really, really highly recommend for people to work with highly sensitive people, if you can, if you can, because we really do function differently. And so because of that, I teach mental strategies that help my clients shift from negative thoughts and limiting self-beliefs into authentic confidence so they can just live out their dreams. I absolutely love that. So you've mentioned the term highly sensitive. Can you tell us a little bit more about this and I guess how, you know, people would know if they are highly sensitive or not? Absolutely. So basically for me in my journey with this, I always found thought that there was something wrong with me for all of my life because I was really sensitive to noises, to smells, to bright lights. The thing is as well, I'm also extrovert. So the 20% that are highly sensitive of that 20%, 30% are extroverts. So majority are introverts, which makes sense because they kind of want to, you know, stay with their own space and really recharge by being alone. But being extrovert, it was like a double whammy because I really loved being around people, being the center of attention, being out there. 
but then it would just drain my energy. And I never knew how to cope with that because I loved being out there and being so extrovert, right? So to get back to what is a highly sensitive person, I mean, there are some questions that you can ask yourself. For example, are you really easily overwhelmed? Like I said, by bright lights, by even fabrics, like the touch, really, it's like all of the senses. Do you really get, I would say, not drained, but maybe like rattled if you've got too much on your plate, right? So you feel very overwhelmed. Another part of this is that I found, especially with my clients, people pleasers, right? Because we actually put ourselves into other people's shoes. We feel like it's our own emotion that that's happening to us. So if somebody's telling us an amazing story that is great and it's on the spectrum of like excitement, like we're feeling that excitement as if it's our own. So it's fantastic. There are pros and cons. I don't want to say cons, but there is an unpleasant side to being highly sensitive if you aren't aware of how to really honor these, honor and embrace this side of yourself. Some of the unpleasant sides can be though, when somebody's telling you a story or is relaying or just a friend that's just like, you know, using you as a soundboard or in a friend way. And it's something that's really tragic or it's something that's really, you know, heartfelt. We would take that on as our own and really feel it as if it's our own. And so often if we're not aware of how to create that space of like not taking on all this emotion, because you can walk away from that conversation going, why am I so angry right now? Or why am I so like frustrated where two minutes ago I was like so happy and like content? It's because you really need to be aware of what's going on. Another thing with highly sensitive people is we really avoid violence, violent movies, violent TV shows. Often if you're feeling super overwhelmed, you want to just withdraw and go into either dark spaces or a room by yourself (laughs) and really making it a high priority to not be in overwhelming situations. That's Mm -hmm. like a huge one as well. So there is no diagnosis as such to being a highly sensitive person, but we're also very intuitive, really intuitive. And we have a very rich, complex inner mind. <laughs> We're very reflective. So we will think about a conversation perhaps that happened, you know, a week ago and analyze and analyze. So overthinking is another one as well that really comes up a lot. And perfectionism. We love to look at the finer details. We want to make sure that everything is just right. So if any of this is like resonating with someone, then you may be highly sensitive. (laughs) Yes. I mean, look, there's a couple of boxes there that I think I checked off, but (laughs) I'm sure a lot of them do also intertwine with just like general, you know, like overwhelm and all of these things that other entrepreneurs can experience. And the thing is, you said you mentioned that you help entrepreneurs in particular who do struggle with high sensitivity. So can you give us a little bit of insights into how high sensitivity can impact an entrepreneur? Absolutely. I specifically work with entrepreneurs because one, I was in the corporate world for many, many years. I was a project manager for an international company and I absolutely loved my job. But what I didn't realize that I didn't love was the pressure, was the stress of it. Because I was such a perfectionist, I would always be the responsible one. So people would always give me everything. And I was happy to play that role of being the responsible one, right? But what happened was I didn't realize that I had taken on so much. And I remember a moment in that corporate job. Luckily, my colleague was beside me and I went blind. 
I had so much stress that I went literally blind. And that was when I was like, you know what? There has to be more to life than this. And that's when I sold everything in Australia. I went traveling (laughs) 40 plus countries later. I uh, found my home here in Spain. But the reason why I really work with entrepreneurs is because I understand what it's like to be in that corporate world and just know that this is just not the way to go. So with regards to what are some of the things and how can this manifest being an entrepreneur and highly sensitive? When I mentioned the people pleasing before, it's amazing that you're able to connect and feel for others. But what often happens is that empathetic and compassionate side can lead you to undercharging, can lead you because you feel so much for these clients that you really want to help them. And so you will do everything. You will not work your normal office hours. You will adapt every program, every course. You will wonder why everything that was automated is now not automated because now you're going outside of the box to like help everyone. So that's something that really comes up a lot. Also too, something that I found with regards to highly sensitive people, especially being an entrepreneur, is fear visibility. That's something that comes up quite a lot with my clients. And again, just having this when we're not honoring our highly sensitive nature, we're out of alignment. Things don't feel like that full body yes. And when it doesn't feel like that full body yes, then that's when it rocks your confidence. That's when it makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm on a high and then I crash and burn for three days. And then now I'm feeling guilty for everything because I'm not posting consistently, because I'm not getting back to people like I wanted to. I'm not ticking things off my list. My list is so long now. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. These are the spirals and the cycles that just keep going and going. And a lot of times I find that before they come and see me, (laughs) they have literally gone through so many different strategy, strategy coaches, business coaches, because they think it's the strategies that aren't working. And the interesting thing is that you can have all the strategies in the world and they'll get you only so far, but it's really that mindset part that is key for that true transformation. I love that. That's like some really great insights that you've sort of shared there on giving us an understanding of what high sensitivity is. And what I love as well is, you know, the tools and the tips that you'll be able to share with us today, you know, for coping with high sensitivity. I feel like these are going to be so applicable to just the general entrepreneur as well, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though I, I mean, I have worked with clients who weren't highly sensitive as well. Absolutely. It's great because I'm able to tap in and really have that empathy, which is, listen, great to have empathy when you are working with clients in the sessions, but just hold off on that when you're pricing, (laughs) when you're in sales calls and things like that, right? There is that fine line. But absolutely, all everything that I'll be speaking to you about today, anybody can use. Of course, it's just for me, I work specifically with highly sensitive Mm. people, but it's relatable for everyone. So what I want to dive into then is, I guess, the juicy part of this podcast episode. We have good insights and understanding around, you know, what high sensitivity is and the sort of the areas that you work with. Now, in saying that, I am aware that you really help people build that authentic confidence to be able to sell. So first and foremost, what does authentic confidence to sell really mean to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is honestly, you just right in there because I have a five-step method, which I want to go through with you today, all right? And the first thing, the number one step is defining what authentic confidence is to you. 
So I will give you my personal definition, but this is the most important part. I can't tell you how many clients have said to me, Jane, all I need is just confidence. That's it. Just I need confidence and then my business will be great and then I'll be posting and then I will be doing lives and podcasts and this, this, this. And I go, okay, awesome. So what's confidence to you? And they go, oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, we need to have a definition to where we're going before we can do anything else. So for me personally, confidence is, it's a psychological trait, somewhere between cognitive ability and personal traits that provides us with great power. All right. And authentic confidence is being comfortable and embracing all parts of yourself, including your insecurities and finding the strength in your vulnerability. I speak about this so often and just taking those steps to action your desires without the worry of what other people might think or say. So, you know, intuitively the right decisions to make and your abilities to learn everything you need to ensure you get to where you want to go. Honestly, Emily, I really just think it's just basically turning heads when just oozing with self-confidence when you like walk into a room. (laughs) I love that too, because when I think of like authentic confidence, I really think of like just being confident in you as you are and realizing that you have all the potential within you. You don't need to add anything or you don't need to become anything more like embracing that authentic confidence is really just to me, embracing you and who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, for me and the work that I do, the foundational part is self-worth, right? I can guarantee you have the strategies. I can guarantee you have the knowledge, the skills, all of it, right? It's just knowing that you are worthy and you deserve success. That is a huge part of this as well. Mm, Completely. I love this so much. Now, you mentioned that you're an NLP practitioner. So first and foremost, for anyone who doesn't know what NLP is, do you want to give them a little bit of insights? Absolutely. Okay, so NLP means neuro-linguistic programming. So this actually started over 40 years ago. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. It only has in the last, I would say, maybe 10 years has it become a little bit more mainstream now. And so really what it is, is I get to the root cause very fast. It's rapid transformation. And what we do is we look at your mental strategies because behind every action is a thought. Behind every action is a thought. So what does that mean? That's great because that means we can start to now restructure your thoughts. Now, I personally work from the positive intention theory. So this postulates that behind every action is a positive intention. So even though you may be doing something like procrastination (laughs) and that is giving you a result that you don't want, there is a positive intention behind that procrastination. And so what I'm able to do is go work with you and really get to the root cause of what is that there and then reframe that limiting belief that you have so that you're able to go exactly where you want to go, get the results, get everything and the success that you're really looking for. Mm, I love that. I love how you mentioned that behind every action is a thought. So something I'd love to hone in on a little bit here is maybe the intention that's behind fear, because every entrepreneur, you know, carries fear on some level and towards something. So I think it would be great to be able to unpack that a little bit and see what we can explore there. Absolutely, Emily. You 
are just so spot on with how <laughs> the next questions, because that was literally the thing that I was going to say next. So I guess the thing first and foremost is to say that fear is not designed to hold you back. It is a risk assessment for self-preservation. It is a risk assessment for self-preservation. So there are only three things we fear. And I think what you said before as well, it's so important to know that one fear, I like to say fear is our friend because it's giving us an indicator of what's going on. Okay. We don't need just because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't mean that we can't really use this as an indicator of what's going on, but we fear three things. That is it. Three things. That is it. We fear loss. We fear the process. And we fear the outcome. So what does that mean? The loss. It could be loss of income. It could be loss of a client. It could be loss of a life, somebody that's close to us. The fear of the process. Okay, great. So now we have a session together and you tell me, okay, I want to double my income in the next six months, the next three months, whatever it is, right? Awesome. So now we know where we're going. People start to have fear of the process because now when you reverse engineer, okay, this is where I want to go. It's going to take a hundred steps to get there. That's too much. Nope. I have fear of the process. And the last thing is the fear of the outcome, right? So this is fear of failure and fear of success. This is a big one because for me personally, this was something that I struggled with. I wouldn't say for a long time, but definitely like that was more for me. It wasn't the fear of failure because I believed in my capabilities. It was the fear of success because once you have success, whatever you, again, you need to define what is success for you. (laughs) But once you have that success, is it extra responsibility? Is it extra income? Is it team members that you're now employing? Now you have to, you know, like everything that goes with that. Now, for me, it was unconscious for probably, and this was before I started my coaching when I was doing my own personal development since 2012. I've been studying why we do what we do and how our minds work. And so for me, it was like self-coaching because I was like trying to unravel like what's going on. But with regards to fear itself, in our modern age, we generally don't fear for the safety of our actual life. Like if we're going to really break down like what is fear, right? It's left over from our cave woman, let's say woman, not man, cave woman era, right? (laughs) And so our brains are still instinctual. And we often misunderstand of this fear perspective. So I work from the notion, like I said before, that behind every action is a positive intention. And so the positive intention behind fear is self-preservation. So I like to ask my clients, and I will ask your listeners right now as well, do you think that you're experiencing actual fear or a bad thinking strategy? I like that question. Now, see, for me, what I usually find is I like to try to look at it as fear as a positive thing, right? Like, because if I'm not growing, then I'm stagnant. And if I'm stagnant, I'm comfortable and those fears aren't there. But when I'm continually growing and up-leveling, there's new fears coming in. So whilst it may seem like heavy and scary all in the moment, at least I have like, I'm aware of the fact that I'm actually moving forward still. So what I'm curious to know though, is what sort of like strategies would you suggest to use to actually work through the fear. So then, you know, you can focus on the positive intention behind it and not allow it to actually hold you back and stop you from doing the things that you want to be doing. Okay. So a couple of things I want to speak about with what you just said. I love the fact that you're able to have awareness. Awareness is the number one thing before, like whenever I'm working with my clients and it's really deep stuff, awareness is honestly just that switch 
that's able to literally change a complete perspective. However, I like to break out of this notion of fear the fear and do it anyways. No, not in this house, not happening at all. Because here's the thing, when it comes to the strategies that you're asking for here, how do we like get around this with the fear? You do not need to step outside your comfort zone to grow and succeed. So what I do with my clients is we expand your comfort zone. Because let me ask you a question. Why would you want to be doing something you really desire, but feeling fear? You're not going to enjoy the journey, right? You're still going to be like fearful of it. So I really work so closely with my clients, obviously, that we're expanding their comfort zone. So how do we do that? Well, that comes with having a look at the limiting belief that's going on and challenging it. Because the thing is behind any belief, whether it's serving us or not serving us like a limiting belief, (laughs) our minds are programmed to collect evidence to support that belief. So my job and what I come in and do is I challenge in a nice, safe, I'm always here for such a safe and calm environment and space that I hold for my clients so that I can come through and we can go look at every belief that's going on. A belief would be just like a sentence or statement, right? Something like, I feel like I'm going to be judged if I post what I really feel. Okay. So what we go to do is, for example, one strategy that I like to get my clients to do is a very quick, but profound thing. And I think your audience and your listeners would love to do this. Grab a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. Write that limiting belief at the top, whatever sentence it is, whatever's resonating for you right now the most. In the first column, you're going to write down all the reasons why you can. In the second column, you're going to write down all the reasons why you can't. When you do this, I want to make sure that you are free writing. Do not analyze, do not judge. Whatever comes up, just go with it, please. You'll be surprised with what comes out of you. Now, once you've done that, take a step back, take a deep breath, And you will notice that the I can'ts will far outweigh the I can'ts. (laughs) And so what we're able to do, though, is line item by line item, go through and challenge, challenge that evidence. So say, for example, if the limiting belief was, if I post, then people will judge me. Okay. Well, where is the evidence to show? Has that happened before? No, it hasn't happened before. Okay. So tell me then what has happened before when you've posted something that came from your heart? actually, you know what? I got way more likes and so many people like commented and messaged. So we're able to step-by-step go through and build that self-efficacy, that confidence to come through. Then with regards to the strategy perspective, then we're able to do, I like to do an amazing six-step reframe where we have a look, we go through what is the positive intention behind this limiting belief. Then we reframe it. But what we're going to do is What are brainstorm some ways that you think that you can just start off small and break it down into chunks? And then that's the way like to get going. And then you get that momentum. Once you have that momentum, Mm. you're good. I love that. I think that's such a simple sort of strategy to apply, but it's so powerful because you're physically able to look at and like see with your eyes for every negative belief you're carrying, you can actually turn that into a positive one. And it's sort of like, reinforces to you that actually when I step out of my mind, step out of my head, like so much more can become possible, which is something that I absolutely love there. Honestly, it seems so simple, but trust me, every time I have asked somebody to do this, they have been blown away that that like the icons, like I was thinking that that was in my head. I don't believe that. 
Right. But it's saturating your mind, right? Yeah. Mm. It's a good one. Hey guys, don't hate me, but I'm interrupting this episode with a very quick message for you. If you've been living under a rock and you haven't already heard, I have launched a program to help you do what I have done and build a freaking coaching business. That's right. The Aligned Coaches Academy is now live. Okay. So if you are someone wanting to start a coaching business, but have not yet taken the steps to do so, you're someone who has launched a coaching business, but hasn't been seeing any results and is looking for new approaches. Or you're someone who is successfully running a coaching business, but are currently working too much from a place of hustle rather than alignment and want to start switching things up. If this is you, then head to the episode description right now and click the link to apply for the Aligned Coaches Academy, okay? Once you fill out the application form, you can schedule a one-to-one call with me and we can get you locked and loaded into the program to launch your business in 2022, okay? Enrollments close on December 22nd, so do not wait. That's all from me. Let's dive back into this episode. I hope to start chatting to some of you guys soon about launching your coaching businesses. Now, I know that with all of the insights that you have and the mindset tools you have, you do a lot of work in the area of like emotional attachment and association as well. So do you want to dive in and tell us a little bit about, first and foremost, what these words mean and how they could be affecting us as entrepreneurs? Absolutely. So let's talk emotions for a moment. Now, as we were speaking about fear before, by the way, fear is the strongest emotion you will ever feel. Yes, I'm sorry. Love doesn't count. It's a great feeling to feel, but it's not the strongest. So fear is the strongest. So just be mindful that you will never, I'm sorry to say it, but you will never win or outsmart your fear emotion because it's too strong, right? But when we're talking about emotions, I get so excited by this. (laughs) We attach emotions to experiences, to tasks, to objects, to people, to places. Everything has an emotional association. Everything. Your treasured personal possessions have a strong emotional bond. Think about like a piece of jewelry you have. Think about like a book that you got when you were traveling or something that your grandmother gave you. When you pick that up or when you think of it or when you look at that, an emotion is conjured up inside of you, right? Everything has an emotional association. The best example I can give of this is what about when you hear your favorite old song, like an old song that's one of your favorites, right? Aren't you just transported back to that exact moment like it was yesterday? It lifts your spirits. You remember who you were with, what they were wearing. Was it warm weather in the summer night air? Were you dancing with your friends? Were you in a car? Whatever is singing your heart out, right? Music is such a great anchor. And that's what the thing is. Anything that is, as I said, like an experience, an object, a person, a place, we call them anchors because that will give you an emotion. And so music is one of the greatest anchors that you will ever experience, right? (laughs) Because tell me, Emily, when was like the last time you heard a song that came on the radio or something like that? And you were just like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like when I can think of like the ones that stand out the most are the songs that I would hear when I was like going through something, whether it be a breakup or something like that. And whenever they come on, I'm like, Oh, that's a throwback to that time. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the great thing about this though is, is that as you mentioned, sometimes it cannot be the best feelings, but we can actually, because it's going to happen anyway, right? We have an emotional association with everything. 
you can start to use this and tap into this to use it to your benefit. For example, you are able to, there's a technique that I like to use, and we're going to talk about this later when we're, when we're going through and, and uh, letting you know something, but you can use, say, for example, like a ring, right? If you're going to go into an exam or if you're going to do whatever it is, you're going to go on a podcast, whatever it is, or you have your lucky shirt, all right? Think about that. We'll have like a lucky outfit that they feel super good in. You put it on, it's like your suit of armor and you feel super good. There is nothing special about that piece of clothing. It's your mindset. It's the mindset that you have. So we're able to use anchors and program them specifically to create an emotion and a feeling. I love that. That's such a powerful thing to do because you could really like use that as a way to frame yourself for your day. Like the first thing that I thought of was find some music that really gets your energy high. And every time you start the day, listen to that music to immediately like make that positive shift. So what are some ways that, I mean, you would go about using things such as music or clothing or pieces of jewelry to help you get into like the state of mind that you want to be in during the day? Absolutely. I think first and foremost, you have to, I say that all the time. I apologize to your listeners and you. I mean, we have these things that we hear all the time, right? I'm like, oh, don't say that. So I would probably suggest, I'm just thinking off the top of my head right now, because this is something that usually needs to happen once we're in this deep state of trust, when we are working together and we've already gone through a lot and uncovered a lot of things. But I think for me, probably the way I would probably answer this question is first of all, because today we're really talking about confidence, right? And I think everybody wants to tap into that. So let me use that as an example. So first, let me tell you what is negative confidence cycle and a positive confidence cycle. And the reason why I want to tell you this is because when you're able to have a look at what I'm about to tell you, it's going to shift something. Okay. So confidence works as a psychological cycle, right? And it's fueling our emotions either for the positive or the negative. So an experience that makes you feel good or bad. And this is why our confidence can suffer in our mind when we're replaying a negative cycle. In a new experience, when our minds assess it, remember it's always risk assessing, assesses it that it's similar to a past experience, then you're starting to go into that negative confidence cycle. Let me give you an example. So negative confidence cycle. Okay, so there are four parts to this, all right? An experience, which triggers a memory, which triggers an emotion, which triggers a neurophysical effect. Okay, say, for example, you are meeting some new people at a party, right? This is the experience. You ask yourself, how am I feeling? Your memory kicks in and you go, okay, the last time I was just being myself at a party, people really didn't like me. So I guess it's clear that I'm not likable. So, okay, that's going to trigger an emotion, right? I felt so bad last time. I don't want to feel that again. So I'm going to do everything I can to like prevent that from happening. And I really feel this sense of like worry and pain. Then that will trigger your body effect, right? This neurophysiological effect. So this is where your body is tense and it probably like reflects anxiety and it shows up in your body language, right? You're not holding your shoulders tall. You're not standing up straight, right? You're probably trying to hide and run away from it because you just want to prevent further emotional damage and your defense mechanisms have kicked in. So now we're going to compare this to a positive confidence cycle. So experience, same situation. You're at a party. You ask yourself, how am I feeling? kicks into your memory. The last time I was feeling myself, I was just being myself at a party. Everybody liked me. It's clear that I'm likable. I should just keep being myself and it works well. 
kicks into an emotion. I really enjoyed the feeling of being liked, right? And accepted. So I know that I'm just going to enjoy this experience like I did last time. And of course, that translates then into your body language. Your body's energized. You feel great. You're happy. You're relaxed. You're full of life. And your voice and your body language is going to mimic that. So understanding those two cycles really comes into play with regards to how to tap into these anchors. Because when you're able to reframe and restructure your mind to tap in and remember positive confidence cycles, that's when you're able to use these anchors. Mm, They're really very interesting cycles that you shared there. And like coming back to the negative confidence cycle, you mentioned that oftentimes that one results in like anxiety, stress, overwhelm, all of these like more negative emotions. So out of curiosity, you know, for someone who is finding themselves falling into this negative confidence cycle more often, well, how can they start to manage that anxiety, that stress, that overwhelm, particularly in the sense of entrepreneurs as well? Because I know for sure that entrepreneurs can be some of the most stress-ridden and overwhelmed people there are. So how can we start to work through that? I would start with one, deep breathing. Breath work is, I know it's probably a trend right now or anything like that, but it really works because it's going to regulate your central nervous system. This is what's going to help you with the anxiety, with the stress to calm yourself down. Because once your central nervous system is calm, then you're able to think clearer. You won't have that foggy mind. You won't be racing, right? And you'll be able to calm yourself down. Once you're in that calm state, That's when you're able to, I would suggest, to have a look at like what's going on for you right now. Have a look like what's on your plate, what's going on. Another thing that I really suggest as well is to look at your plate and have a look at who's the responsibility truly for. Mm -hmm. Because I think as entrepreneurs, especially when we've started off all by ourselves, really delegating and handing things off to people or giving the rightful ownership back to somebody can completely free you up. Absolutely. I think that's a really great thing to do. I really like the point of pausing and breathing because that's something that we can so easily forget to do. And when you do take that moment to just regain your breath, everything does seem to start to work out, (laughs) you know, better for you because you are thinking a lot clearer. Absolutely. I think the other thing that I want to add in here as well is that coming back to these anchors, remember, When we're in states of anxiety and stress, it means that our levels have heightened, right? So that means you will probably not be feeling safe. That's usually what's going on in the inside from that fear. Okay, we've got fear. We've got uncertainty going on, the unknown, right? Because that's what anxiety is. Anxiety is for the future, right? So that's the unknown, the uncertainty. So what I really suggest you do is to and recommend is to think of five things that make you feel safe, that you can tap into these anchors at any time, whether it be a bath, whether it be music, whether it be candles, whether it be a blanket that makes you feel super safe, whether it's somebody's voice. Maybe it's your mother. You really love the voice of your mother. Maybe you can't call her all the time. She's not going to be there. But what you can do is ask her to send you a voice message of something like, You are loved, you are safe, you are worthy, you deserve everything, you are calm, right? And you can play that whenever you need. So think of five things that make you feel safe and you can use those as your anchors. 
Coming back to that emotional attachment there. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so we do need to start wrapping up this episode, but there's one final thing that I'd love to ask you about coming back to, you know, that authentic confidence topic that we brought up earlier on. Now you mentioned you do have a five-step method to really embody more confidence. Are you able to share that method or some of that method with our listeners today? Absolutely. So five steps. Number one, define authentic confidence. What is authentic confidence to you? Think of somebody in the offline community that just oozes confidence and what traits do they embody? Step two, the impact of not having it. What is the impact of not having authentic confidence in your business and life? Are you faking it till you make it? Do you feel salesy when you pitch? Are you undercharging? Are you not confident in your current audience? Step three, what is it preventing you from doing these things? Okay, what's it preventing you from doing? We spoke about it before, fear. (laughs) Number four, how does confidence work? So that's what I just shared with you before, okay? How does confidence work? That's that negative and positive confidence cycle. And the last piece of this that is a method that I do, which is a visualization, is the step five, how to embody authentic confidence. So this is actually a four-step NLP visualization technique that I use with my private clients. We don't have time to walk through it here today, but I'll give you the outline, the four steps. Step one, don't put confidence on a pedestal. Step two, visualize a golden confidence aura surrounding you. Step three, anchor your authentic confidence in a known place. And then step four, anchor your authentic confidence in an unknown place so you can tap into that at any time. So yeah, that's something that I specifically walk my one-to-one clients through in my fearless female journey. And so that they can just discover the positive intention of what's holding them back from selling and promoting their business. And Emily, just as a nice, beautiful sneak peek for you and your audience, this is such a requested topic for me. And so I'm going to be speaking on this very soon in an upcoming, I'm going to feature an upcoming workshop called Authentic Confidence to Sell. So have a check out in my Instagram, my website, janecristine.com for all the details. And you're going to walk away with this NLP technique that's really going to unlock your confidence. But you're hearing it here first. I haven't announced this anywhere else. I love that. Well, we'll definitely have to put the link to your workshop and all your other socials into the episode description so everyone can find it and obviously connect with you more and learn more about you know, this authentic confidence system. So just to summarize, step one is define authentic confidence. Step two is become aware of the impact of not having confidence. Step three is, well, what is this preventing you from doing? Four, how does confidence actually work? And five, leaning into that visualization there. Absolutely. You got it, girl. Amazing. Well, Jane, there's one final thing that I'd love to ask you today, which I actually ask all of my listeners who come onto the Empower With Them podcast. Now, what is one final piece of empowering advice that you'd love to, you know, leave all of our listeners with today? I would love to let everyone know that you are worthy exactly as you are today. You deserve all the success and don't seem to think that you are taking away anything from anyone else by claiming your space. So know you are deserving and you're worthy and you have everything inside of yourself that you need today. You don't need anything else. I love that. What a powerful note to end this episode. So thank you so much, Jane, for coming along and sharing all of these incredible insights that you have with us. I know my listeners are going to absolutely eat all of this up and really, really work on, you know, stepping into embodying their own authentic confidence. Thanks to you. So thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Emily. 
So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.